Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodem with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? On Tuesday, November 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, HBO and HBO Max will debut the HBO original Dear Ryder, the Jake Burton Story. The feature documentary from Red Bull Media House and Emmy-winning director Fernando Viena, Dear Ryder is a celebration of the life and vision of Jake Burton Carpenter, a pioneer who propelled the sport of snowboarding into a global and cultural phenomenon. The 91-minute film features interviews with the late legend, his wife Donna Carpenter, friends like narrator and acclaimed actor Woody Harrelson, and fellow snowboarders including action sports icons Sean White, Kelly Clark, and Mark McMorris, as well as archival material and home movies. The title is a hat tip to a love letter to his fellow riders on the first page of his snowboard company's annual catalog. The film tracks Burton's passion from its beginnings, inspired by the snurfer, a piece of wood that looked like a surfboard with a rope tied to its nose. Eleven years after the snurfer's debut, Jay created his first snowboard in 1977. Meeting initial resistance from ski resorts, he, his company, and his fellow riders created a sport that took the world stage at the 1998 Nagano Olympics. As the sport took off at the dawn of the 21st century, Burton battled two serious health problems, a rare nerve disorder called Miller-Fisher syndrome, and cancer, which claimed his life in 2019. His memory lives on throughout the snowboarding community, and his wife runs the family-owned business. Let's hear from Jake, Donna, and some of his friends and riders in this trailer for the film. My earliest positive memories were definitely about snow, not having to go to school, sledding. So I started the company in 77. I remember I went out with 38 snowboards and I came home with 40 because one dealer said, I don't want this crap. He said his name was Jake and he made snowboards. I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> he had this spark. He was so damn determined. Once I just focused all of my energy and my love and my time into making it a sport, that's when everything sort of started to work. Snowboarding made this transition from something that people were afraid of to something that people embraced. 33 million people watched Sean White win the Olympic gold medal. Snowboarding just exploded. Where would my life be today without Jake? He was always there to support and back me. He wanted to get 100 days every year. How am I going to say slow down? Jake could look at us and say, you guys need to speed up. He's really that badass grandpa of snowboarding. Snowboarding was that light that drove him. Surfing on snow. From the very beginning, I was passionate about it. In the back of my mind, I always knew it could be a sport.
25 years ago this fall, I was lead researcher for ESPN's inaugural Winter X Games, which were held January 30th through February 2nd, 1997, at Snow Summit in Big Bear Lake, California. In advance of the event, a producer, cameraman, and I drove from Bristol, Connecticut to Burton Snowboard's global headquarters in Burlington, Vermont. While it had become a big business, riding and the rider were at its core, and fresh powder meant a snow day for the company. A quarter of a century later, you can hear the passion for fresh powder and progression in this Family Tree Snowboards video. It features Burton's current riders and employees discussing innovations like gender-neutral shapes and sizes for boards in the tradition of the company's founder. The perfect pow turn is just almost like white static. It almost doesn't have a sound to it at all. It's a bit cliche to say, but it feels like you're floating. It's really a feeling thing. You're always looking for that feeling, no matter where you are on the mountain, you're trying to find that floaty spot. It's honestly the best part about snowboarding. Every time there's a powder day, I think that's the best day of my life. And then another one will come and that will be the best day of my life. Those days are more about not so much the depth of the snow, but the quality of the snow, the board you're riding, and the people you're with two feet, three feet of really good snow, and I'll be happy to ride anywhere. that two to three feet, those perfect conditions. Board selection is, is key. There's nothing worse than on a really deep day, just tunneling through pow, not floating, not being able to crank turns when it's just too deep and you don't have the float. And whether that is float from the shape or float from the length, you just want that thing to float and stay on top of the snow and be fast. You can certainly ride a custom, you can ride a process, you can ride a feel good, you can ride a talent scout in just about any snow condition out there, but it's not the ideal shape for that. Before any of the pow shapes came out, you would take your bindings and you'd set them as far back as you possibly could, or you'd upsize and try to get it to float. Over time, a lot has changed, and the fish kind of like led the way, and I remember 20 years ago, people were like, that looks so weird, but you'd ride it in powder and be like, huh, this is amazing. On pow days, your back leg doesn't have to burn. The beauty of these shapes is that you can go out and have a performance board that's designed for the riding that you're doing. You don't have to do the work, the board does it for you. If you're looking for a board for free riding or powder or split boarding, you don't have to go anywhere else, you can go right to Family Tree. In general, most boards that ride powder better than other boards, it comes down to like the nose length on the board, the tail length on the board, and the amount of taper. Taper is essentially when you have a wider nose than the tail, and a narrower tail is going to drop into the snow, and a wider nose is going to have more surface area for float. If you think of like a pointy nose and you're cutting through the snow, it's like a knife. If you think of you know a more blunter nose shape, 
that's more, I would say, like a spoon. And it's pushing the snow. It's not slicing through the snow. One isn't better than the other. It's just a matter of where you ride and the train you ride and what you like. There's a lot of other elements that come into play. Where your feet are located on the board, the length of the tail all of a sudden starts to make a difference. Materials, the core, the fiberglass, side cut, and the flex of the board. It really comes down to what size complements your weight, your performance, and what you're looking for that board to do. Powder's a pretty broad term. If you're in six inches of new snow, you're not so worried about float. You're more worried about turning and quickness. Going to Japan, I think you'd probably want something pretty directional, big nose, short-tailed board, so you can cut around in and out of the trees. And then for something like Alaska, you want that big board. And you want tail, because that's where all your control is when you're on those steep mountains. It's important to have a board that I am very much in control of. I don't want the board to kind of be in, in control of me. Tried to have something for everybody, and we have sizes for everybody as well. We decided for this year to move away from men's models and women's models and really just release a line that spoke to snowboarders in general. A snowboarder has no idea what gender you are. It has no idea if you subscribe to gender. It's not super fun when you see a board that the guys are riding that you can't ride. Having unisex boards opens up the world for me. The girls have so many options now, and I also think some of the, the guys that are smaller have a lot more options as well. That's where the quiver comes in. There is a perfect board for every day, but it's hard to have them all. I always tell people, go demo them, see what you like. I can't tell you what you like. You know, you gotta, you gotta figure it out for yourself, and it takes time, and the more you start to really understand what you like, the more you can really feel it. If you look at all past family tree lines, we do change it up, and sometimes we get rid of really good riding boards, and people are like, why'd you get rid of that board? And just to make another really good riding board. I think the future of it is exploring 3D shapes. It opens up the opportunity for float like you've never felt before. We're also continuing to look at what we can do on being more inclusive for all in sizes and all different types of riders. Snowboarding is progressing year after year, and it's really our job to keep our eyes and ears open, watch what's happening around the world, and ultimately design product that people want to put onto their feet. Back in 1996, as we walked through the factory with employees and their dogs and around the showroom of snowboards and gear, we set up an interview with Jake and one of his riders, Shannon Dunn, who was the first woman to have a signature board. Both Jake and Shannon were quick to remind us that snowboarding was all about the community, riding with friends and family. The progression of the sport came from that pure place rather than cold-hearted competition. Dunn went on to win the first Winter X Games Women's Halfpipe Gold Medal. Current NBC Olympics commentator Todd Richards claimed the men's halfpipe gold. Daniel Frank and Barrett Christie won the men's and women's slopestyle competitions respectively. Christie also earned the Big Air title, which Jimmy Halepoff won on the men's side. Another action sports icon, Sean Palmer, won the Border X title while the fastest woman down the hill in that competition was Sweden's Jenny Vara, who won silver in the halfpipe and bronze in slopestyle, the only athlete to earn three medals at those games. Twenty-five years after those first Winter X Games and my encounter with him, I'm looking forward to seeing Jake Burton Carpenter's story on HBO Tuesday, November 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific.
Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes. And find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.